Welcome back, everybody, to Drag Time with Heclina. It is episode 10. Today, we have a very special guest joining us all the way from Reykjavik. And uh, for those of you who don't know, come on, people. That's in Iceland for all of you geographic scholars. He's an international pop star, a songwriter, DJ, and one of my first boyfriends when I was... Uh, a young gay guy living in Reykjavik, somebody very special to me. I'm excited to introduce you all to him in a moment, but first I wanted to let you know there's a new way you can get exclusive access to Drag Time with Heclina video bonus episode featuring Sideshow Revival content, early access to Drag Time episodes, extra special giveaways. You can participate in interactive events as a patron of Drag Time. That is right, we've joined Patreon as one of the ways you can be part of our little show. As always, if you'd like to support Drag Time with Heclina, the number one and free thing you can do is tell people about the show or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. If you listen to Apple Podcasts, rate our show and please leave us a review. Some of your reviews are pretty hilarious, but also kind of sweet. So please keep them coming. If you would like to tip us and you really should, you can find us on Cash App as Drag Time or visit our website dragtimewithheclina.com for other ways to support us. Uh, Mark actually just updated our website so you can easily browse past episodes, leave comments on specific shows and of course, find links to our Patreon Cash App tip jar and all that good stuff that helps us keep making the podcast. And when I say us, I mean Mark, because he's doing all the work. But anyway, thank you to everybody who's made a donation. It really has made a huge difference, especially in these times. Well, now uh, to our special guest. So way back in the prehistoric days, I cruised this guy when I was at the um, the swimming pool in the western part of Reykjavik. I was living in the western part of town. We cruised each other. We had sex almost immediately. And then we bonded over um, horror films. He, it turned out he was a huge horror film nerd. And uh, we loved splatter movies. And uh, he actually worked at a video store. And he would get me free videos. He actually got fired because of that. Uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> he has, but he he has since uh, he has since gone on to become the biggest pop star in Iceland. Uh, somebody who was very special to me. I actually uh, I've written on his float during Pride, the past couple of Prides that I've been in Reykjavik, and he was uh, a very special guest this last Pride in Reykjavik when we did Mommy Queerest. He played. Mamacita, but here he is, Iceland's biggest pop star and a dear friend of mine. Let's give it up for Pauk Oskar. Hi, Haklina. How are you? So oh, God, I, I feel great. And I'm so honored to be on your podcast. <laughs> uh, because I, I think, is this a first? Is it, it's a first for you uh, to interview someone who's not really a drag queen? Well, not quite. We have interviewed John Cameron Mitchell. Maybe he's a drag queen because he, he created Hedwig. And we also uh, interviewed, well, no, you're not the, to answer your question, no, you're not the first. But, okay. um, but we thought we, want, we would like to check in on, on a, a friend of ours in Iceland and see how things are looking there. Um, we noticed that through the, uh, Mark, am I right? We, we've noticed some of the, the numbers of the people who stream the show. And a lot of people in Iceland are streaming the show. So I thought we could talk to you and find out what's the vibe in Iceland uh, right now. Yeah. With, well, you know, with everything going on. I talked to you a little while ago and you said that if anybody comes into Iceland, they have to quarantine for the first two weeks before they can mingle with society, which is very smart, of course. Um, what oh, other... Mm -hmm. what, what other stuff is going on? Are people... Well, if I can brief you, I do believe that the Icelandic uh, healthcare system and the government have really done a good job. Is society open there? I mean, is everybody going to restaurants and doing all that? It's, it's going to happen slowly but surely. And when it came to the ban, uh, the, the, the quarantine that they put on tourists that you, you asked me about before, it looks like on the 15th of June, they will start testing people coming into Iceland at Keplavik Airport. They, they will get the results within five or six hours. So after June 15, you enter the country, you get tested, you go to your hotel, and you will not leave your hotel for the next six hours. If you test yeah. not positive, then you're free to go. 
And here, little by little, they're going to open up the swim, the swimming pools again because swimming, mm-hmm. outdoor swimming, is a big thing here in in Reykjavik, and a lot of people miss that. Uh, we can go back to the gym on the twenty fifth of May. Little businesses have opened up again, like you know, hairdressers, uh, massage parlors, one on one service. It has opened again. Um, yeah, you know, little by little, it, we, we will get back to life. But the, the hardest blow that we are taking now is there's no tourists. No tourists, which also, for some people, I'm sure is fabulous. Because for me, what, the last few times I've been to Iceland, I'm like, Jesus Christ, all these fucking tourists. Like when I was on Lögeveilur <laughs> and, uh, you know, like all the Lundabúðir and all that stuff, I was like, it's not the Reykjavik I remember, <laughs> except I, I know. Yeah, except certain parts of town like Vesterbyer. You know that that mm-hmm. still feels like. But when I go downtown, I, I just I don't hear anybody speaking Icelandic. It's all the goddamn tourists, you know. Um, and uh, so for me, I, actually, I, I was selfish when I talked to you the other day because I'm in Palm Springs, and pretty soon in July it's going to get too hot to live here. And I don't want to go back to San Francisco. So I think I'm going to come to Reykjavik maybe for a couple of months. So no. July through August, maybe I can, you know, I, 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 I wanted to see if I could visit again. Um, no. But, but I, I mean, after... Yeah. Apparently, you know, uh, I mean, this just came in the day before yesterday that they are going to relax more and more. And on June 15th, you will simply be tested. Now, if you've been taking good care of yourself and you've been following the rules and you've probably been self-quarantined and you don't have the virus, come to Iceland. Stay here for two months. We can watch movies every day. Fraubert. And I think it would be so much fun to to experience Iceland the way I used to know it when nobody <laughs> when when it was on it was on nobody's radar. You know, when it, it was untouched. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there, there, there's this there's this hilarious interview a video on YouTube with Björk, mm-hmm. filmed with Björk in 1994, mm-hmm. and debut was was just out literally. Uh, Björk is walking through Reykjavik city with a French TV personality. He's holding the camera. And this interview is probably shot on a Sunday because there is not a single car in Mm -hmm. sight, you know, the summer of 1994. Uh, Ironically, the reason why the streets are now packed, if everything would be as usual, the, the streets are now packed with tourists. Ironically, the reason is Björk herself, who first, <laughs> yeah. yeah, who first attracted uh, tourists who uh, were into music, into arts, you know, th- thinkers uh, and and hippies, alternative people. Now those were the first tourists who, who showed up. Then in two thousand eight, Eja Jökull erupted. Can can you say that, Mark? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to insult yeah. anyone. And that's actually the true test of whether anybody can speak Icelandic if they can say that word. Well, let's hear <laughs> you say it. Af yatla yökull. Yay! Af yökull. Af yökull. Af yatla yökull. Af I'll have to keep uh, practicing. Well, surely you heard of the volcano <laughs> that that stopped uh, travel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but but also also Polly, I think it was also because of Wow Air and all the cheap mm-hmm. the cheap uh, airlines that were going there, which now have gone belly up. Well, it it, it all blended together nicely back in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. and it also blended together with our own financial uh, crash, mm-hmm. this disaster that that happened when the Lehman Brothers back in Manhattan when they collapsed. It caused this domino effect, you know, that reached all the way to Iceland. And yeah. All you know, all three banks in Iceland basically collapsed, and the left-wing government that that literally t- took power afterwards. They really tried to do their best to 
to uh, raise the banks again, blah. But it was like, you know, I always felt sorry for them, mm. for the, the, the left-wing government, because it was like walking into a house where, where somebody had thrown a massive cocaine party for the last eight years. <laughs> and, th and then you're supposed to uh, clean, clean that up, house, yeah. clean it up using one bucket of water and a piece of paper towel. And this was the job. It was it was very bizarre, and you know, my grandfather lost his whole life savings. Uh, I think I think it, that's that that's what actually killed my grandfather was just the stress of that. Which I'm not crying over because I really hated him. Um, <laughs> Good riddance, Papa. <laughs> so um, the big disappointment, more than even the tourism, we were talking about this a little bit beforehand. Uh, is the Eurovision contest is not happening. And uh, Iceland had a, some strong contenders who I met when I was with you at Pride last year. They were they performed on the stage, the sexy, yeah. boys, the sexy boys of Hattari. Now, Mark and most Americans, they can't really know how huge uh, Eurovision is in Europe. And actually, a couple of years ago, I happened to be in Barcelona when Eurovision was happening, and that shut the entire city down. Uh, nobody was out on the streets. So it's a big bummer for Iceland today. It's it's like, yeah. It's it's a bummer because it, it really looked good for him. And no one no one really knows what's going to happen. You know, It's obvious that nothing will happen with these songs in question that was supposed to take part in the year 2020. But Gadi himself, personally, he's coming out of it okay. You know, yeah. he is... He's making a lot of money out of that song, and it's being it's being played in America even. Which one is he? The blonde or the dark-haired one? Uh, Dad is afraid. Uh -huh. uh, he's he's two meters high, uh, long red hair, and always wearing that green. Uh, oh, okay. Pajama. So so he's he's not the singer. Yes, he is. Dad is afraid is the singer. I think when I, I think when I met him, yes, I, when I met him, my uh, friend that I, that I was staying with in Reykjavik, uh, Donny, used to babysit him. And so, oh. and so when, I, when, I met, when I met him backstage at Pride, I said, oh, my friend used to babysit you. And he was trying to act all tough and, you know, he was wearing all the leather. <laughs> yeah. He was like, oh, okay, whatever. You remember we were all there backstage after being on your float. Yeah. Um, now, one thing, Mark, is that, um, yes, Hautla Oskar is the big, biggest pop star <clears throat> in Iceland. He's also the gayest pop star in Iceland. And every year for Pride, he outdoes himself with the biggest, most outlandish float possible. The two years that I have been in uh, a f one of his floats, the first time I rode in the float, it was a giant high heel shoe because he was starring as Frankenfurter in the Rocky <laughs> Horror Picture Show. And then last year, what was the what was the theme of the float last year? In fact, we were trying to make a butterfly. Uh huh. Oh, and, that's uh, right. Yeah, and it was impossible to do because the night before we had a storm. And no way in hell that we could, you know, fit the butterfly wings on the float. But then we were thinking of doing it this year. But it's obvious that there will be no parade this year. Uh, no one really knows what's going to happen to the whole Reykjavik Pride celebration. Uh, but we will probably, you know, it's going to be on August 8th. So we will be permitted to throw a party, you know, for us. Maybe a party for 1,000 people. That's about it. Well, I think, I think I'm going to bring, if, if I come to Iceland in July and August, I'm going to bring some drag with me because hopefully there will be some chances to dress up and perform. Well, you, should, you, know, you should create the chance. You make, you make the chances yourself. I must confess that this whole pandemic has done me a lot of good. It's really, this is the vacation that I really needed because I've been working really hard, uh, not complaining, but sometimes I've been doing like four or five shows every week mm -hmm. for the last 12 years. And when 
when like everything is put on a halt and the whole world looks like something from the day the earth stood still <laughs> uh really yeah uh then i get this time you know a little peace and quiet think about myself and even the work that i um that I found tiring or, or, or work that took away my energy. Uh, I, I have made peace with myself as a performer and an artist. I somehow got this clear vision of why am I doing this? Uh, where does it come from? What is it that I want to pay forward? Uh, and does it make me happy? Yes, 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 yes. Answer to all these questions is yes. I think it's very smart to have, because you have to ask yourself two things. Either, are you either having fun and enjoying what you do, or are you making money doing what you do? If you're not doing either of them, then don't do it. And if you're doing both of them, that's fabulous. But I do agree yeah. with you. I do agree with you that, um, you know, forever I was like, I need a break so I can work on stuff and figure out what I really want to do. And it's almost like mother nature or whatever said, here's your break. Here's everybody's break. You know what I mean? The whole yeah. world, the whole yeah. world is on pause right now. Well, I think the only way to view this in a, is in a positive light. Mm -hmm. You cannot, you, 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 we simply cannot afford any kind of negative thinking into this pandemic or situation. You know, one of the times that I've gone viral was because of you. You sent me that. Ah! You remember the clip, the the clip you sent me of Mike Pence visiting Iceland. Yes, and, and all of yes. the uh, all of the rainbow flags everywhere. I thought yes. it was I thought it was such a cool story. I posted it on Twitter, and it went viral. And um, all these Trump people, and they were like saying that's as usual. They were saying it's fake news. You know, uh, yeah, uh, but uh, but uh, th thankfully I had you there to support me and say no, this is really true. Yeah, and, and the truth behind it is that it, it was fact checked, wasn't it? Yes, your your Twitter was fact checked, and the fact is that, that these were two lesbians, two Icelandic lesbians, who simply went door to door to all the restaurants all the businesses everybody and they simply asked them to decorate the stores with gay pride flags and uh, this happens to be uh the street with a with a meeting with mike pence actually took place so he mm -hmm. couldn't have uh, escaped seeing it <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh <laughs> and and this is this is what makes Iceland so cute and beautiful. Yes. Yeah, you know yeah. these 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 two individuals, these two lesbians. You know, they simply walk door to door with gay person. Can you put this in your window? Yeah, sure, yeah, no yeah, problem. yeah. So, <laughs> it's so it's so sweet. You know. Yeah. And I, I and I also have this theory on why we, for example, have these super artists like Björk and Sigurós. Mm -hmm. And the sugar cubes coming up with their own sound, really. Uh, I can also mention of Monsters and Men and Kaleo, mm -hmm. you know, both kind of big groups in America, or at least working it. Uh, I guess the reason for all this talent coming from such a small population. Uh, it, 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 the answer is hidden in the population. Uh, when you belong to a nation of 350,000 people, then it's kind of difficult to become totally anonymous. You can, true. We, we have people here who, who isolate themselves, but it's kind of difficult to be totally anonymous. So if you come up with a great idea in your head or a great business idea, then usually someone out there will notice it. And he probably knows someone who can help you find a house. Oh, I have a brother who happens to be a carpenter. Oh, I have this niece who happens to be a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. Same, same goes with music. 
uh, I have felt it. I, I, I really started making music um, on a serious note, you know, as a serious career uh, in 1993. And since 93, I've been enjoying living and working here in Iceland because every time I put out a song or a single of some sort, you know, I know all the radio DJs. I know all the people who run all the media here, really. I put this song in the, on the air, and then Icelandic people are usually really, really honest to you. They really come up to me in the grocery store the day after and say, hey, I heard your new song on the radio. It's a masterpiece. Or if they say it's a masterpiece of shit, then it's just back <laughs> to the drawing board for you. You, uh, so did you did you did you stop Björk the last time you saw her and say, "Hey, that last album of yours, Utopia, was a real yeah. piece of shit." Björk, that that flute album, that you know, flute album. I mean, I can't. I've yeah. tried. I've tried listening to it. I, I can't get I, through it. I tried squeezing a fork into my ear. <laughs> but good for her you know this is this is her place uh i i i think i said back in 2001 when vespertine came out that okay one time day Björk will make an album with uh with with, with sounds from the radiator yeah and she she uh she probably she already would. has, in a way. Well, but Vespertine at least had songs that you could listen to. You know what I mean? Like, the Utopia doesn't have any songs. It's a bunch of different, I mean, well, you know, I, I don't need to tell you what that is. But they, uh, they. but anyway, yes, I'm, I'm a super fan of, of, of hers, and uh, but I'm very disappointed with her last album. Uh, but, 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 sti you, but still, she is. We allow her to... Do it this way, because then comes along a song like Stone With Her, mm -hmm. you know, which in my opinion is probably the best Björk song she has, she has written for the last 10 years. Well, I love that. I love that album. Yeah. Volnikura was a great album, so I, I had high hopes for her next stuff. But, um, but anyway, back to you. So now you were talking about the fact that we are having you on as maybe the first non-drag uh, star, but the, mm -hmm. tr the truth is you have done drag uh, in your career. I, uh, I, I have, yeah. Yeah, you, uh, you, you were Frankenfurter in Rocky Horror, and uh, what, what other drag stuff have you done? 1991, yeah. Mm -hmm. And me and Marius Sherison, my friend, mm -hmm. he sort of encouraged me to work with him in this dra drag nightclub called the Moulin Rouge at Lemur here in Reykjavik. And I had already done the Rocky Horror Show as a school play. One thing led to another, and the Moulin Rouge opened up, and it was a, in a kind of a seedy neighborhood in Reykjavik. Do you remember, do you remember who the door person was? Uh, you were at least for a while. <laughs> you you were for a while. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, uh, and but but the hard work was me and Marius had to do drag shows every weekend, and we always had to cook up something fresh and new every weekend because we always had the same people coming in watching right. the show. And to this day, I really love the fact that me and Marius actually did this. And we got many of our friends to do it with us as well. Some of the shows were really good. Some of them really defined drag, really, because we, we didn't have the knowledge or the technique to... Uh, do our faces properly, you know, not, not like they do today. It was very, like, guerrilla track. Mm -hmm. And but that was also the fun part of it. And we never mind. We always had a piano player with us. We always did the songs live, which gave us freedom to write our own lyrics to the songs. It made it a lot more fun. And then when I started making pop music, really, 
1993, I never shied away of, uh, you know, I, I, I always put a lot of work into my looks and into my costumes. So really, honestly, yeah, uh, I can be on this podcast because I, I, I really do feel like I've been doing drag since 1991. And this character of mine, Paul Oscar, it's a character. And it's basically it's like, like an Icelandic Liberace. I mean, basically, you know, I saw some, I saw like your huge feather coat that you wear on stage and all your mm -hmm. dancers wearing matching outfits and your, you know, yeah. your, 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 your looks are pretty uh, over the top. True. And Coco Victorson, my friend, you know her. She's been living here. Yeah, yeah. She's been living here since the early, early 90s. Uh, she is literally my tailor. And We've been working together for, for years now, and she never stops. She always mm -hmm. comes up with something fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, life, uh, life in Reykjavik, uh, I, I have to admit, when I lived there, I, I, I couldn't wait to get the fuck out because I, I was so, I felt, I felt so constrained by Iceland uh, as a young person. But, then, but now going back, things have changed so much in Reykjavik. Uh, nightlife is much more prevalent everywhere it, it you know there's much more of a of a feel of uh gay ex acceptance to homosexuality and gayness and also mm -hmm. i'm older where now the things i used to hate about iceland i love it now you know things are more yeah. quiet things are more quiet things are more you know what i mean things are more predictable there's no crime there's no murder there's no you know all that stuff that i i, I used yeah. to be like oh, i can't wait to go to new york so i can maybe get mugged or murdered or something you know and now, <laughs> or that's fucked. her only problem. That was the problem in Reykjavik. Was like after a while, you'd fucked everybody, and that's why I was always going to Berlin and Amsterdam and London, like yeah. the, like the rest of us do. Yeah, you know, Icelandic gay men are going kind of crazy here on Grinder because now we have to do each other. Oh Jesus! And there's no tourists. And there's no tourists. You know, oh, God. No, no, no tourist in his right mind would come to Iceland now to do what? Go on a quarantine and what are you going to do on your grinder? So are you having sex with Arni Globo and all those people? And Coco? No, thank, thank <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we, we did not. Tantala. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Score. No, no. We'll, you know, this too shall pass. Of and course. The Icelandic, Icelandic gay guys can go back to Berlin, you know, yeah. for a weekend. Mm -hmm. For a weekend. Yeah. Fun. yeah. Wow. But, uh, but now I, I just love going back there. It's a breath of fresh air. So I, uh, yeah, I hope to get back, get back there. Yeah, like I already said, in July. Now tell me, because a lot of people don't know about Paltla Oscar and your career. Tell me, give us a, a brief description. You, you went, you turned into a big star in the early 90s and you mm -hmm. have maintained this stature in, in Iceland. I know it takes a lot of work. Like you talked about, you work a lot. When I'm there, you're always touring. You have big shows in Reykjavik. Um, you are not so much like Björk, who does, well, you do what you want to do also, but you also must have in mind a commercial aspect mm -hmm. to, you know, wanting it to be like a hit song. Um, yeah. Do you have, like, you have that goal of, of maintaining, maintaining this stature as the big mm -hmm. pop star, you know, that... Yeah. My, okay, here's a story just to sum up how uh, your appeal in Iceland is kind of universal. I invited Polly to my family's house for uh, lunch. Um, mm -hmm. I, 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 they, my aunt Austa <clears throat> invited me over to lunch and I said, hey, can I bring my friend Polly with me? And she was acting all cool and nonchalant. She's like, oh, sure. We arrived at my aunt's house. We had lunch. My aunt pulled out all these old albums of Paul Oscar for him to autograph, and then yeah. and then she was taking pictures of Paul Oscar with my you know cousins and my you know and the whole family. And I was sitting at the table, <clears throat> and I was like, 
I'm here too, you know. It's not just Pelkoska. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you remember that? Yes, uh, I do. So yes. So uh, unlike Björk, you appeal to the masses. Is that right? Uh, you're absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. And you're also correct. In, uh, you're, you're reading me right when it comes to uh, songwriting and hate making. I want these songs to be heard. Yeah. And uh, what, but if I can give you, uh, if I can give you the short version of my life. I'm born and raised in Reykjavik in 1970. So now I'm 50. And I'm born into this singing musical family, really. And my parents were both classically trained singers. My father is this grande tenore, and my mother was a mezzo-soprano. And uh, funny that even though they were playing all these operas at home, uh, I, and I learned all these arias and, and I learned all these, these operas by heart. I didn't necessarily connect with it. Isn't it funny to have something in, in, in front of your face, in your home, your whole childhood, and you don't necessarily connect with it? I immediately connected with ABBA when they oh. won Eurovision. You know, I connected with disco music when that came along. I liked the intensity of dance music and slowly but surely i my my interest for dance music grew uh and i started asking myself the question what is this power behind dance music uh you know it, it wants to have this immediate effect on the listener either make him dance or or lift his spirits and and then i started asking myself so why is 90 percent of all dance music music so awful why is it so bad and i and i learned i've learned the answer uh usually when people walk into a studio and they think or they believe that making dance music is easy that's when it collapses in your hands. Uh, I've always been really interested in this energy and this animal. You know, I, I really wanted to have a wrestle with this uh, animal. And uh, now I, I can proudly, you know, I'm really, really, really proud of my career. Looking back, and I, and I turned 50 this year, so I had to look back. You know, I had to ask myself, okay, you know, what have I done? Uh, is there anything out there that I'm, that I'm ashamed about or something that I would have done different, you know, differently? Well, you know what? I am mm, really, really proud, not only of my music and not only of the hits that uh, allowed maybe some people to forget themselves for a while and whistle along. I am really proud of the fact that I am uh, probably the first Icelandic pop star who is unashamedly out of the closet as a gay man. Because we know and others, not, we, we know others who are not out of the closet. We, we do. But, <laughs> I, I, but I chose. I chose to be out of the closet, and well, it resulted yeah. in uh, in interviews. It, this resulted in lots of interviews, especially the first four years from 91 to 95. None of the interviews that I went, went for were about music. They were all about my homosexuality mm -hmm. and others. And, and there I was, you know, suddenly certainly this movement of people who were really fighting for gay and lesbian rights in Iceland in the late 80s and the early 90s, certainly this movement had a face, and it was mine. And 
looking back, I probably wasn't, I probably wasn't the best. I, I did go to many interviews where, where I simply behaved and answered like a fool. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, today, now, being 50, sometimes it does happen that 20-year-old guys come up to me uh, and they simply confess to me, listen, Polly, I owe you my life. Because when I was growing up as a kid, my mother was doing the dishes and scrubbing the, scrubbing the floors with your CDs blasting. And she sang along with all the songs. So coming out for these younger guys, coming out for the, 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 gen, the generation after mine and the generation after that was much easier. I'm really proud of that, to have paved the way for many people to simply come out. And not only, uh, not only did we have you know, gay men and, and lesbians, little by little, trans people started coming out, non-binary the intersex people started coming out, BDSM, uh, pansexual. And I do believe that there is space for all these colors, all the alphabets, you know, under the same umbrella. I really do. It's a question of understanding. It's a question of listening and understanding each other. I am, for example, I'm not trans and I'm not BDSM but I can do my best not to act like an asshole. And I can, you know, because I do believe that I'm a clever guy. I can at least make an effort in understanding. The world can be a wonderful, beautiful place to live in if each and every one of us just makes a little effort. It doesn't have to be so hard. I hope when those 20-year-old boys come up to you and tell you what a what a effect you've had on their lives that you that you reply and say, can I please suck your dick? Well, you know what? The sad the sad story is that I've never been into twinks. I've no, never. I know, I know, I know. But you know what? I, yeah. I do have, I, I I do need to say so. Yes, when I lived in Reykjavik in the late eighties and early nineties, even though Iceland is a very accepting society, it was still legal to deny access to homosexuals to go into some nightclubs. They could say, oh yeah, we, you can't come in tonight. I, I remember uh, Outney, wait, Jon Outney, and, and people like yeah. that who were, who were very flamboyant were banned from coming into clubs. And, yes. uh, and there was a general, uh, it wasn't for lack of, there was just a general lack of knowledge about homosexuality. A lot of people were still very much in the closet and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So it was very eye-opening to come back to my first Pride in Reykjavik in 2004, and I, I performed. Mm-hmm. I performed on that stage, and I went, and the whole society was out there, uh, you know, l- little children holding, you know, rainbow flags and stuff. So it seemed almost like it had gone 180 degrees in the other direction of total acceptance. And it I sure think, did. Yeah, and I think, I think it's easy. Again, Iceland has, uh, it's very lucky because it is a small society. So I think it's difficult to turn your back on a relative or something, you know, because they're so close to you. Whereas, you know, in the States, people can be like, I'm leaving. So they move from New York, they get on a bus to California. You never see them again. You know what I mean? Or whatever. It's, you can't, you can't get away from your relatives in Iceland. You, You have to face it and accept it. In a way, you, uh, the, I, I do know uh, some examples of the opposite. Um, in particular, where people probably belong, even people in Iceland who belong to uh, certain churches or cults where homosexuality is still condemned. Crossing here, in, yeah. I mean, in, in Iceland, we, I, I know quite a few guys who had to flee their little village somewhere north of Iceland, and they, and they flee to, to the big city, Reykjavik. <laughs> That's so funny to think Reykjavik. Reykjavik. Can, can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. Fleeing to, big, to Reykjavik. To the big city. Uh, mm-hmm. But 
But this happens, but thankfully, it's rare. And uh, same as we are dealing with this uh, COVID-19 virus here in Iceland now, we deal with it and we deal with it good uh, because we get this, we get the correct information from responsible people within minutes. Same thing with when you have to present something brand new like BTSM or you know what's that all about? It takes two or three two or three TV shows, you know. Right. What what is the thought what are the thoughts in Iceland about America right now and Donald Trump? Well, um we feel sorry for you guys. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and we, uh, most of us are just amazed that this is happening. Uh, and uh, we, uh, you know, we, we just hope for the best. Uh, mm -hmm. the, 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 this is, I, I mean, this is a general generalization, but the, the view that we have on America is that in most cases, it's simply East Coast, West Coast. East Coast, West Coast, good people, great minds with big hearts and a great sense of humor. Everything in between is a Bible belt full of five-year-olds. Well, that is a generalization because there are some great places in the middle, but, uh, but it is very scary right now. A lot of the Bible belt and a lot of America. It's true. I know. Yeah. I, I know. So... I mean, we uh, we we feel for you, mm -hmm. and and I'm willing, you know, if if uh, if anything really horrible happens in the United States, then I'm willing to open up my door for you and your friends if you need to flee to Reykjavik. <laughs> oh yes, I'm coming. I'm coming in July. I actually, as soon as I'm done talking to you on this show, I'm going to look up Airbnbs in Reykjavik. You look up a two-bedroom, Haklina. Okay. I'll be with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Polly, I, I I love that you referenced ABBA earlier. I am, you know, I'm a huge fan of uh, of punk rock and rock and roll, but I also love pop music. And one of my first. Actually, my first drag performance ever was uh, ABBA when I was uh -huh. a child uh, on Leifskata. My, my grandparents lived on Leifskata and we performed ABBA, me and my sister and my aunt, uh, Christine, to my relatives. And I was so angry, I, could, I, I wasn't allowed to play one of the girls. I had to play one of the guys from ABBA. But, um, but I love that you, uh, you, are a, uh, you are a champion of pop music and uh, I have really enjoyed your performances and your music. So right now you're working on a track called Djövut er da gott. And why, yes. don't you, why don't you tell our listeners what that means? Well, Djövut er da gott, literal translation is devil, it is good. Uh, uh, you, you, you usually say this while you're having sex mm -hmm. here in Iceland. Djövut er da gott. Me, fuck, that is good. Damn, that's um, good. Damn, that's good. Mm -hmm. uh, in a way, this this song is a sexy breakup song. It's about someone who is definitely leaving me. Uh, he's been sending sending me mi mixed messages, uh, telling me that I'm the only man in his life and. That uh, and I'm asking him if, if he was serious. Did, didn't he? Didn't it mean anything to him while he was moaning in my arms? Uh, so the chorus is: <clears throat> If he's rejecting me now, I must confess to him that loving him, damn, it's good to love him. The only reason why I don't want to go out get out of this relationship is that you're a great fuck. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
Yeah, so um, <clears throat> well, that, that, that's a great thing is that you inject, for want of a better word, a queerness into your pop music and Iceland, you know, and little kids are, <laughs> are being inundated with queerness. And actually, it happens a lot in cultures. I was just listening to the music of uh, La Prohibida in Spain, a drag queen who's a huge pop star in Spain, kind of does the same uh -huh. thing. But anyway, let's now listen to Djövull er gott by Palk Oskar. Thank you, Paul Oscar. Why don't you tell the listeners of Drag Time with Heclina the best way to find your new music and where our listeners should look for you on social media to connect and follow what you're doing? Well, I do have a YouTube channel called This Is Paul Oscar. And on Instagram, I'm simply Paul Oscar, P-A-L-L-O-S-K-A-R. Uh, same on Spotify. Uh, and and grinder. Ah! No. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if, you, if you explore, you know, go. It's I, I'm really easy to find on grinder. I just mm -hmm. learned mm -hmm. that you simply press explore, press mm -hmm. Iceland, press Reykjavik, look for a minute and a half, and you will see my face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's okay. Easy. Well, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Hecklina. Uh, please be sure to subscribe to the show, like us, rate us, and please tell anyone you can 
about Drag Time with Hecklina, check out our website and create some comments on past episodes that you liked. Once again, thanks for listening. Thank you, Polly, and thank you, Mark. Take care, guys. Next week, Lady Bunny. Special thanks to Paul Oscar, Jose Guzman Colon, and Nancy French. This episode was recorded, edited, and produced by me. I'm Mark. Yeah, but that's the core. Yeah, but that's the core. Yeah, but that's the core.